Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Walk Show podcast, where we explore the walk of life. This is your host, Walker Near. On today's show, we have special guest August Lim, who has her own podcast, The Weekly Woosaw with August Lim, where she talks about a variety of things, um, including guided meditation, which she has some episodes where she walks people through some guided meditations, which are, are pretty lovely. Uh, I had the opportunity to meet August when I was in Orlando for PodFest, and she just has a really great energy about her, and I was really excited to have met her and, and then to have the opportunity to have her on the show. So I think that you will enjoy that as well. Uh, before we jump over to the interview, I do have some thoughts I was going to share. So we'll get to those, and then we'll jump over to August. As always, the music for today's show is provided by Misha Zarin, so thank you very much, Misha, for providing the music. And yeah, let's get on with the show. Obviously, you know, COVID-19 is, is a pretty huge deal and is <laughs> everywhere now. Um, and, it, you know, we've all been in, at stay-in-home orders and, and, and those sorts of things for close to a month at this point. Um, and I haven't really talked a, a ton about it. Obviously, I've had guests that have talked about their experiences, whether they be traveling or living abroad or, or whatever the case may be with, you know, in, in relationship to, to COVID-19. Um, but I haven't really talked a lot about how I'm dealing with it. Um so some of that is, is on this episode, and of course I've probably talked about it to some extent in other episodes, but um, I think I'm probably doing just like everyone else, uh, just kind of trying to, to keep my head down and, and get through it. Um, fortunately for me, I already had a pretty <laughs> uh, healthy amount of social distancing in my life, I guess we could say. So it, it wasn't it hasn't been huge significant changes for me. I, I don't get to see quite as many people as I would like and, and don't go out to eat and those sorts of things, but... Um, I already was not partaking in a ton of <laughs> events outside the house, so it's been all right. Um, I do think that it's been pretty incredible to see that despite the hardship of it for many people, um, that I think everyone has tried really hard to stay positive and to find ways to, to make the best of, of a situation that we're all pretty uncertain about and pretty uncomfortable with. Um, I think that it's really easy to give in to you know the negativity and to give into a sense of despair in this time and I think the people are generally not doing that and I think that that's really great I do think that there are still some some uh, bumpy roads ahead you could say I don't know that that we're out of out of the woods entirely just when when we don't have to be in our homes as much as we are currently I think that there's going to be some economic repercussions that are just completely unpredictable um and I hope that the energy that people have now where they are staying positive and trying to understand that we're all in this together keeps going forward because it's going to it's gonna take on some different forms, I think, as, as we move along. One thing that a lot of people have done uh, <laughs> in this is watch a lot of Netflix, and I am in that boat as well. So I wanted to talk about a couple of shows that I have watched recently and... Uh, and, and kind of share some brief thoughts on them. I might have another episode here at a later date where I do more of a deep dive into them, but the two shows that I watch that have been on everyone's mind, and, and certainly the first one at least, is, is Tiger King on Netflix. Uh, Tiger King, for anyone who doesn't know, which I don't know who that would be because I don't know if it's possible to not know <laughs> at least what it is roughly, even if you haven't seen it, uh, but it 
you know, it's with Joe Exotic, the incredibly bizarre person from Oklahoma who runs a tiger zoo. I guess you could call it a wildlife sanctuary would probably be the most most euphemistic way to put it. Uh, But it's not really a wildlife sanctuary in that they're taking in animals, you know, from from bad situations. I mean, they they breed the animals there and, and that sort of thing as well. So definitely a lot of negativity. Um, I don't know. It, it's been interesting to see people's response to Tiger King. They, um, they, everyone takes it as a very tongue in cheek thing. And, and that's, you know, that's totally fine. I don't, I'm not here to defend <laughs> the, the dignity of Joe exotic or any of the people in, in that show. Um, and I will, I will definitely concede that it is just fundamentally weird. There is just a lot of weirdness to it, and that that in and of itself is kind of funny and entertaining. Um, and it's, you know, especially when you get into the guy in, in Carolina who runs his own Tiger Zoo thing, and I think that he's doing like a sex cult kind of thing, maybe, is what he's, his angle is, which is weird on its own. And then you have the Carol Baskin woman who's become very famous <laughs> since the, the Tiger King series came out on Netflix. She's exceptionally weird with all of her, everything that she owns is cat print. And I've just never seen someone that obsessed with cats. And, and just just when she speaks, she just kind of comes across as the like, something's, something's weird there. She's a weird person. Um, and her husband, also very weird. Now... When I say her husband, a lot of people probably immediately jump to her deceased husband or her missing husband, who Joe Exotic in the show constantly blames her for for murdering, and and many people have kind of jumped to that conclusion as well. Um, I don't really know, and to be as frank as I possibly can, I just don't really care whether or not she killed her husband 25 years ago or what the outcome of of all of that is. one thing that really stood out to me, though, that just seems to be... It was brushed over in the series. I mean, the, the series does, to its discredit, kind of brush over the animal abuse that's going on. And, I mean, not that people are 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 doing things where they're just, like, you know, getting the animals out and just hurting them just for the sake of hurting them or something. But it's pretty bad conditions that they live in. And the fact that these animals are being bred to live in that environment is is a pretty terrible thing on its own. And I'm sure there are countless other things that that I'm not even aware of that are uh, not favorable conditions for the animals. And the show doesn't really seem to emphasize that very much. The other thing that the show does state, but does not go on to emphasize, at least about the people in Oklahoma, so the people in Joe Exotic's world, is that uh, they're all all meth heads. Um, I mean, they even say in one of the later episodes that he was married to two men simultaneously, and both of those men eventually come out and say that they're not actually homosexual and that they have been pursuing heterosexual relationships the entire time. Now, to some extent, I you know I can understand that the, the sentiment that sexuality is more of a spectrum thing. It's not just binary decisions that are made, you know, and so it doesn't mean that they didn't enjoy or feel the way that they felt about their relationship with Joe Exotic that that precludes them from, you know, having a relationship with a woman also. It's not that they're mutually exclusive things. I get that. Um, But it really just seemed like they were with him because they all did meth together. And when you kind of look at the show through the context of a bunch of meth heads, it's a lot less weird and a lot less bizarre because it's not, it's not sober people who are doing these things. It's, 
it's it's people on meth. And now I'm, you know, from Missouri, so maybe I've just seen a lot more of that, although I don't know that anywhere is free of the scourge of meth at this point in time, but um but I know in the Midwest it definitely has been around here for a long time. So maybe to me it's just it just seems more obvious as to what it is, but watching a bunch of meth heads do meth stuff is not entertaining to me really and and it's not it's not quirky and quaint and silly it's weird and dark and 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 sad and i don't know um yeah it just if you want to watch a bunch of meth heads there's a lot of opportunities for that and the truth is is that you don't (laughs) which is why people don't do that um so credit to the people who produce Tiger King, I guess, for producing uh, America's Funniest Home Videos meth version and, you know, dressing it up well enough that people feel comfortable consuming it and comfortable labeling it as just this bizarre thing. But, uh, yeah, I think it's I think it's mostly just meth heads running around doing meth shit, and I don't really know why that's that compelling. Uh, it, I don't know if you've ever been to your local metal recycling center, but if you haven't, Go spend an afternoon there, and you'll see as much Joe Exotic-esque behavior as you would like. Now, they might not all have tiger zoos, but they'll say really, really strange things and act really strangely and do weird stuff. Now, of course, not every single person at the Metal Recycling Center falls into that camp, but, I mean, the reason that gas stations, you know, the gas stations in my town, at least on in one side of town, have to to take you know they have those air pumps outside well they have to take the nozzles that you use to actually fill up the air pump and hide them inside until someone comes in and requests them because they leave them outside they get stolen well the people who are stealing them are the meth heads who steal the scrap metal and then go take it to the metal recycling center to to trade it for you know pennies um so yeah anyway tiger king i I just don't feel like it's really that great and i uh feel like (laughs) <laughs> it's it's a lot darker than people are are pointing to and not just the stuff about the murder or the murder for hire or that stuff but really just the entire scene that they find themselves in is one that's fueled by heavy drug use and uh I don't know not 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 much else not not just that they happen to have bizarre taste but they're just meth heads uh, the other show that I've watched that's come out recently here in the last month or so on Netflix is the third season of Ozark. And I just, I just love Ozark. I think that it is maybe it might be my favorite television series ever. As far as a a drama goes, um, the wire is really excellent too. So it's hard to say. And, you know, I watched the wire a long time ago. So there's some, some recency bias, I think probably to my love of Ozark, but Ozark is just a really, really well done show. It's 10 episodes a season which I love, which I know is not uncommon now. That's Most shows are, are around that number. Uh, but I'm glad that we've moved to that instead of 20 or 30 episode seasons, which just, frankly, just take forever to get through and have filler episodes. And I think that's what I love most about Ozark is that it doesn't, it doesn't really have filler episodes. All of the content is engaging. Episode to episode is, you know, you're, you're on the edge of your seat and where the overall plot goes is shocking over and over and over again. Um, now, I say that. Now, Ozark is about people working for drug cartels, although they themselves are not on meth, so it's not directly the same as, as Tiger King. Um, but yeah, Jason Bateman is just incredible. I, I, I 
fell in love with with watching Jason Bateman act from Arrested Development, uh, and I know he's been in many many other things besides besides that, but that's where I really first discovered him, and uh, it's kind of funny in Ozark. It's almost like if his character from Arrested Development was put into the set of circumstances that he finds himself in in, in Ozark, uh, which maybe actually discredits his acting ability because it's kind of like the Tom Cruise thing where he's just always Jason Bateman. But whatever it is, I enjoy it greatly. And uh, and yeah, if you've not watched Ozark now, it, it is objectively a dark, <laughs> cruel show um, with not a lot of happy endings and not really any characters that you can root for yet you find yourself rooting for them, which then leads you to kind of question, what does that say about your own moral compass that you're willing to cheer for these you know, individuals? But the show just does such a great job of, yeah, creating really compelling characters and, and not making characters just be entirely one-dimensional. Uh, I mean, there's a character in, in the first two seasons, Darlene, who is one of the more terrifying, you know, insane characters in the show. And through at least the majority of season three, you see a completely different version of that character. Now, it turns out she's still who she has been the whole time, but uh, yeah, just a really a really good job of, of portraying, um, like I said, multiple sides of, of the individuals as opposed to just painting them into to one role, uh, you know, for the sake of the show. But if you had to pick, I would definitely say watch Ozark over, over Tiger King, uh, although Ozark, again, is much more violent and brutal. Uh, although it's not real or true either, whereas Tiger King is real people uh, living out their lives. Either way, wanted to share my thoughts on those shows, but now we will have a nice palate cleanser uh, instead of focusing on these dark and scary things like COVID-19 and Tiger King. Uh, we'll move over to something fresh and positive and refreshing, which is the conversation that we had with August Lim. So without further ado, let's get over to that. Welcome to the Walk Show Podcast, August Lim. Thank you so much for joining. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be here right now. Awesome. Well, thank you again. Um, so yeah, so you actually host your own podcast called The Weekly Woosa. Is that correct? Yes, Weekly Woosa with August Lim, and I'm August Lim. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> um, so yeah, we actually just recently met in uh, Orlando at PodFest, the, the podcast conference. Ooh, PodFest. It was so fun. It was. I can't decide if it was a mistake to have gone because of the, you know, coronavirus stuff. Like maybe it was a little unnecessarily risky, but I haven't been ill at all. So I guess I made it. I don't know. <laughs> That's, good. That's good. I mean, honestly, I was thinking the same thing before I left. I'm like, is this a good idea? And my my deciding factor was that it was going to be my last hoorah. And it was as soon as I came back, I've just been stationed at home. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. Yeah same um so i do have a a question about the the name of the podcast and it, i'm i i have i have only heard the term woosaw um 
in the the bad boys movies the the movies with martin lawrence and will smith you know what i'm talking about yeah yeah everyone brings that up <laughs> okay okay so so that's probably irritating well i don't mean to be there. so oh, no. so where does wusa come from then um if it's not a bad boys reference and if it is that's fine too but <laughs> it's not um no it's not okay so i don't know if you've ever heard of a one wheel um yeah is that like the like the little like the motorized thing to like elect or maybe they're electro electric or whatever but you like ride around on it kind of like a, yeah okay you're on the money yeah so um i went to this uh tech store at this mall and i was checking out all of these new inventions and i saw this one wheel i'm like that's so sick and i asked if she could teach me how to use it like in the back or something and she was like hmm, yeah sure <laughs> so <laughs> we went in the back and I rode it around and then I was freaking out on it. It's crazy. It's like the Segway board for those listeners that don't know what it is. It's almost like a Segway. So there's no remote control. You control it with your body. And I'm on this thing freaking out. And she's like, girl, take a Woosa. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like what did you just say? <laughs> what right. did you just say to me? That sounds amazing. And exactly my style of speaking. <laughs> And she's like, oh, it's like this, it's a breath that you take, take a woosa. I'm like, I'm in love with that. I'm going to use it forever. And then we were hanging out. And then after our little um, one wheel lesson, I'm like, I like that so much that I might start a podcast. And <laughs> lo and behold, months later. <laughs> so that was the inspiration for the podcast. In yeah. Fact. Um, yeah, that was the start of it all, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. Well, yeah. So um, to talk a bit about your show, uh, I've I've listened to, I think a couple of episodes, and the ones that I listened to were were like guided meditations. Um, is that what the majority of the content is, or do you do you, do you have other things beyond the, the guided meditation, or kind of where where how does that land? Of course, yeah. So uh, you do you do see a lot of guided meditations on there, but just because they fit in with my bigger purpose and my bigger mission mm. with my podcast and it's pretty much um pushing the idea that taking a pause and uh, taking a break to be still in a world that doesn't stop moving is a crucial act of self-care and so with the wusa it's a reminder that you're alive and strong just like this girl telling me to take a chill pill and just breathe real quick and you know i was like wow that's something that we need to do on a larger scale. And so I think mindful, conscious activity and healthy habits and positive conscious consumption of media like podcasts are essential for promoting that mental fitness. And so that's why I decided to start it and incorporate guided meditations as well as um, other wellness discussions backed by research and things of that nature. Cool. Yeah, I, I think, I mean, how ironic that now you're getting to see that firsthand, right? Where the whole world is kind of taking a pause. Um, <laughs> not, yeah. for, not for maybe reasons that we want, but but I've actually seen some interesting things recently. Um, some interesting positions on that where, you know, it's easy to look out and see empty streets and and, and closed up businesses and to think that, that things are, are falling apart. Um, but one thing I saw recently very specifically was was actually talking about how really it, it's actually a symbol of of togetherness because 
because it's, it's people trying to to care for one another, even people that they don't know right. by taking this act of solidarity and not engaging in normal activity. Right. So Absolutely. there's actually kind of a hidden beauty to it. Um, Silver lining. Right. Right. And I think that you're absolutely right about, you know, taking a break. I know. And, and just, you know, e- e- even if it's just a moment in the day, yeah. um, I know that I personally have, I, I can be a very reactionary person um, especially, you know, at my day job, if I, if I get an email or something that rubs me the wrong way, yes. I might be the, the, the one to, to type up some emotional stuff back and, and it doesn't help. Um, and so I've been really practicing kind of trying to, to just learn to, to walk away and give it some time and, and give it some space. Um, and, and obviously that sentiment applies outside of the context of just being mad at a work email or something, right? <laughs> a lot of application for that. Mm-hmm. right um but yeah i mean the, the guided meditations that i that i had listened to um i thought they were great i yeah. probably for about the last year have have done um tried to do a daily meditation i i, I definitely don't cool. hit it every day but um usually about five days a week i'll, I'll get it in and um it's interesting it's something i've talked about on other episodes but you know, I always had this impression that meditation was like this thing where you had to empty your mind. And if you had a thought, then you're not really meditating yet. Um, yeah, a lot of people, a lot of people have that idea and it, they kind of stray away from meditation because of it. But mm-hmm. in truth, meditation is the complete opposite, in my opinion. Actually, it really is the complete opposite. It, you know, you're supposed to, um, you're supposed to quote unquote, sit down and clear your mind when in fact, when you sit down, the point is to actually look at everything in your mind and acknowledge it, acknowledge that it's there and it's valid because you have feelings or human being, you deal with a lot of things and, um, you have whatever you may be going through in your life. And it's important to just be still and look at it and honor yourself and say, this is my life. I'm not, you know, it's about being honest with yourself and saying, it's okay. This is my life right now. And just by taking that first step, you're able to meditate on other things. Like how can I, how can I fix what I don't like? Or how can I grow my business or whatever it may be? There's so many ways to go about meditation. Once you take that first step of just acknowledging what you have in front of you. So that's what meditation is about, you know, not clearing your mind. Yeah. Well, and so like the way that I meditate is, um, is typically just kind of like focus on my breathing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so what I find, and I had another friend explain it to me one time that they, they explained it kind of like if you were like canoeing down a river and like you have these different thoughts and emotions that come and, and exactly like you said, it's not about avoiding them. It's like you acknowledge them, yes. but then almost like a current, like you just kind of let them like also flow by and, and then yeah. another one comes, you know? Um, Exactly. So yeah, that's kind of what I try and do with with the the focusing on the breathing and and yeah, I've found that just the act of meditation has helped me a lot to be able to to be able to learn to again, it's that same theme again of of kind of creating the space. So like sometimes if I get hit with a thought or a feeling that's that's maybe kind of an anxious or or something that that's kind of upsetting like I think through the practice of meditation, I've, I've developed a, a, a small ability. I'm not like some master or something, but 
um, some small ability, yeah, to to be able to to let it exist and but not be obsessed with it. You know what I mean? Oh, like, in, of course. Yeah. And it's it's definitely an ability, and you put it in your toolbox. Everybody has toolboxes, and what what that really is is just your collection of coping mechanisms and. One great tool is the breath, is the wusa. You just come back to your breath and you can ground yourself that way. So I totally understand what you mean. That ability is always going to keep developing. You'll add more things in there. It's really great. And that's awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, and, well, thank you. And, and I, 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 part of what I wanted to know, though, I guess, is so, you know, obviously the, again, you know, with, with on your show, what I've heard is the guided meditations and maybe there's, maybe there, I, you know, I don't know the answer to this question at all. So it's not a, a loaded question, but is there, do you see like, is there a different, um, a different time and place maybe when you would prefer to utilize a guided meditation ver versus more of the, you know, just the focusing on your breathing or focusing on a, a single mantra or something like, cause it seems like there's different tactics to meditation, sure. but I don't really fully understand all of that. Sure. So there are kinds of different meditations. And I think the guided ones are best for people that are just starting out and they still have that premeditated idea that you need to clear your mind. And so the idea behind it is, okay, if someone's talking to me through it, then um, I can, you know, it's all about stimulation through the process so that someone's there with them and guiding them uh, to the end of it. And they can say that they practiced but then once you start doing the guided meditations, you kind of begin to get a flow of, oh my gosh, this is just really me using the breath to relax and chill out and also acknowledging my thoughts. And once they kind of get the gist of it, they'll just flow into their own kinds of meditation and just wake up and play music and sit there or, you know, go to sleep, sit in the dark for a little bit and meditate. Um, but usually it's a lot of my friends asking me how to meditate and I'll just say, you know, I have the guided ones and it'll help you out. And then eventually they get their own style of it. There's no wrong way to do it really. Right. Right. And yeah, that's kind of what I meant. Like I didn't, I didn't think that that's a, there's a hierarchy or something <laughs> um, no. as much as, yeah, just like different, different times when, when one is applicable, but that makes sense that, and not that a guided meditation is exclusively for a beginner yeah. either. I, I get that too. Um, I think, so I had taken a yoga class at one point and that, that always ended with a guided meditation. Um, have you, do you practice anything like that? Any yoga or any, I, I don't know that it's really related to meditation, but it, to me, it almost kind of is, it's kind of about creating space in the body as opposed to the mind, but. <laughs> yeah, I would say they're definitely related. And I think yoga is where it all started for me before I even got into meditations. It was really just, I've always been an athlete since I was 15 years old, um, so I, I've had like three personal trainers growing up and it's just been very physical for me. So when I got into yoga, it connected. That was my first connection between the body and the mind. And I'm like, I felt like I had a breakthrough. I was like, oh, shit, this mm -hmm. is delicious. And I was just obsessed with it from then on out. So, yeah, definitely yoga's yoga and meditation go hand in hand.
now I'm going to have to ask you to pronounce it because I will not get it correct. But there's there's another um, I, I don't know. I don't even know what word to use to describe it, a practice or a, a philosophy or a, a, something that, that you're also involved with that starts with an R. Uh, <laughs> Reiki. Reiki. There we go. Um, and so can you describe what 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 Reiki is? Yeah. And it's funny that you brought up the pronunciation because if you break it down to what it actually is, it's just two Japanese kanji characters, Rei and Ki. And uh. <laughs> so Rei has a general definition of universal. Um, but those who are already familiar with energy work might know the word Rei as higher self. And then the second word, Ki, may also ring a bell for those same people because it sounds very similar to the Chinese word Qi and the Hawaiian word Ti. And mm. go figure, they all mean the same thing, energy. Ah, I see. Yeah. So Reiki is the universal life force, universal energy, higher self energy. In Sanskrit, it's called prana. And um, it's, really, it's really great. It all started out in the late 1900s in Japan. Um, it was founded by Dr. Mikao Usui, and he describes it as, you know, this infinite wisdom that's always present in every living, moving thing around us. And so since it's such an intelligent energy, it knows exactly where to work in the human body to treat disruptions, illnesses, injuries, and blockages. And it's 100% holistic. It's a healing technique that is non-invasive, and it doesn't require intake of any kind of pressed pill synthetically made in a lab, which is why I really push people to uh, just give it a shot or maybe learn about it because it's very, very organic and I like natural forms of healing. I, I think in the Western world, we have so many life-saving things, but if you incorporate those with other practices like Reiki and acupuncture, you can really go a long, long way. And it's not just short-term effects like a pill, but this can mean life or death for you and your future. Yeah, no, I mean, there's, there's absolutely, I mean, you know, Western medicine, um, it's interesting because there's a lot of, I'm struggling to find how to explain my point, but there, there's a lot of um, emphasis on, on the science of it. And, and now I'm someone, and I'm, as I'm sure you are, so I don't mean to imply that, that either of us are not, but I, I, certainly I believe in science, right? Like, I don't think that, <laughs> I don't think that science is, is not a real thing or that, that math or logic don't, don't make sense. Of course they do. Um, but when it comes to medicine, like when it comes to science, if you want to describe like how an airplane flies, right. like we've got a lot of really, really great information on that and clearly demonstrate that we can do that with a very high effectiveness. Right. So, um, so that makes sense. But when it comes to medicine, there's this kind of sentiment in a lot of places that, that our understanding of medicine is equivalent to our understanding of how to send a, an airplane up into the air, a, a rocket. In the space. Yeah. And it's not like there's the, the, when it comes to medicine, like there's a, you know, I had one friend um, and they, they needed to have uh, their appendix removed and well, they had really bad abdominal pain. They went to the doctor, the doctor said, you need to have your appendix removed. And they said, well, what happened? Like, why did this happen? You know, that what, what went wrong that now all of a sudden I need to have a part of my body just completely literally cut out, you know? And the, uh, the surgeon said, well, God wants surgeons to have jobs too, which is a really terrible answer, right? Yeah, that was not the right thing to say. 
No, well, and so, yeah. but what my friend, what my friend did was they left the, and they did not have the surgery, and they sought out some more holistic methods, oh. and it's been twenty years, and they still have their body part. You know, um, they never had to have the surgery. They never had to to do any of that. And so, you know, and, and not that, not that again, not that there's no validity to, to Western medicine, because certainly there is, but I think that people are very close-minded about, um, ex well, not all people, obviously, but a lot of people are very close-minded about holistic methods and looking at alternatives to, to science, scientific, quote unquote, I'm, I'm using air quotes, you can't see me right now, but. <laughs> that was me earlier. Uh, I <laughs> yeah. Um, so I don't know. I just think that there's, yeah, I think there's a lot of validity to, to, to what you're explaining. So what kind of, I mean, I know you said that, that yoga kind of got you into meditation. What kind of led you to the path of finding Reiki? Oh my gosh. It all, it all just came in steps. It was definitely the yoga first. And then I got Reiki during my yoga practice. I'm like, what just happened? What did you do? And <laughs> um, I got explained I got explained Reiki by um, my Reiki master and the master is the person who attunes you and uh, gives you the course and everything. And she explained it and I'm like, okay, that's kind of weird, but I'll get it done. So I got it done once a month and I definitely saw the change and circling back to what you said about a lot of people straying away from holistic forms of healing that are organic. I, I get it. I mean, a lot of people like to focus on what's visible and measurable. I definitely understand that, you know, tangible proofs are necessary. Um, however, we are making amazing advancements. So uh, I don't know if you know what the Doppler ultrasound is. Mm -mm. So it can pick up an increase in blood flow with acupuncture. And then in 1990, there was the Curlian photograph which was used in experiment for Reiki and Reiki was actually um, visible in photos as a beam of light. And that's what Reiki is. It's energy. So it can be in any form. And so we are trying to get, you know, other ways to kind of prove it, but a lot of it comes down to whether or not you believe in it yourself. And so I definitely was a skeptic at first. And when I saw it firsthand and I felt the effects, I was convinced so that's where it came from, I guess. <laughs> sure, sure. Um, yeah, I mean, and I think, you know, I something I try and talk about on, on this show quite a bit is just that um, people want to put things into buckets and they want to put things into, you know, it's red versus blue or black versus mm -hmm. white or you know left versus right or whatever categories you want to pick. And that, that I understand the tendency to want to do that because it simplifies everything. Because if you can just say, well, I know that's bad and that's good then you don't have to think about it anymore because you've already made your definitions. Um, yeah. But that's just not actually how the world works. Like right. instead, everything's really more of a grayscale, you know, there's nuance. Yeah. Um, well, and so I think that, you know, with, with what you're talking about, you know, it, again, it, it's not to say that that Western medicine, and, and I don't even, I don't even know if that term is the appropriate term, but what, whatever, that going to a, a normal doctor, quote unquote, normal again, um, in getting, you know, having a treatment that's a traditional, you know, American or European medicine treatment, it's not that that's not valid either, but I think there's definitely space for things to be used in conjunction, right? Exactly. Uh, 
exactly the point. I mean, obviously, if you broke your leg and you did a few Reiki treatments and acupuncture on it, it won't... I, <laughs> I mean, you know, you should go to the hospital. <laughs> um, sure. But, yeah, if you use them together, and like you've said, it can definitely make long-lasting effects, and it's, it's phenomenal to put together. You know, why not? We have so much knowledge of both. Why not implement them? Right. Yeah. Well, and I think that it's, you know, um, it's something else that the, the coronavirus uh, pandemic situation, I think, is is also exposing to some extent is that people want to um, people want to control it. Now, to be clear, as I'll preface what I'm about to say with I am 100% in support of the social distancing. I don't think that any of it is a hoax. I don't think that, frankly, any of it's even an overreaction. So all of that's valid. But people want to con- kind of have a control over it through this academic understanding. And I think what it represents is, especially in, you know, in, in at least the United States, is that the world is actually just a lot more chaotic than we would like to admit. Um, and unfortunately, you can't control it just by, you know, <laughs> having some facts on your side. Um, there are forces out there that are more powerful than that, such as the virus, which is in this case a negative thing, but potentially also such as Reiki, right? Which is a, a good thing. Um, and it, it can't be controlled with a math problem, you know? Right, exactly. I really like that you bring that up. I mean, there's just so much fear these days. Um, and and it, it, it's interesting. It's a conversation I've had several times where people talk about how they feel like like everything is so chaotic and everything is, is so, you know, just un, there's just so much unknown. And, and, and my sentiment with that is that I think that really it's always that chaotic and it's always that unknown. We just weren't acknowledging it. And this is kind of forcing us to, but we were already making plans in the face of chaos. We were already moving forward in the face of the unknown. We just kind of lulled ourselves into this false sense of security that everything was going to be okay all the time. But it, you know, anything could have happened. It it could have been, it could have been an asteroid instead of the virus, right? Like anything, it could have been an earthquake. Um, Oh yeah, (laughs) you're absolutely right. Um, But I think, I think we've been managing. Okay. Um, Mm -hmm. For the social part, I mean, have you been on any like group workout sessions or group FaceTimes or there's just so many things now. Uh, we're like, we're definitely adapting to it, which is quite nice. Yeah. It's funny because, you know, I, I, 
for my day job, I work remote. So I already work from home over an internet connection and already do video conferencing and, and things like that for that. And then I personally am an, an avid video gamer. So I already am, am constantly on discord and yes. watch, watch Twitch and you know what I mean? Talk to friends that live in different States and play games with them over the internet. So it's, I, I joke that I've already been practicing social distancing for some time. <laughs> Um, when I was, you know, 10 years ago, I used to go to the bar, you know, every weekend or the club or whatever. And, and I think that if it, if this had happened to me then, then it would feel a lot more dramatic. Like I'd really lost more, yeah. but it, it really doesn't for me personally feel, um, like a huge shift because again, I was already kind of engaging in a lot of the stuff that now people that weren't doing that are, are kind of having to get familiar with. Yeah, me either. I mean, it's my life didn't really change that much. I do have a separate day job that I go to, but a lot of the time I'm just, you know, here in the middle of the woods, really enjoying myself. And this is coming from a person who just recently moved from the speed of New York City and New Jersey. So mm -hmm. it's, I already got my training <laughs> with social distancing and nothing really changed. But I mean, it definitely gives me a little bit of um, an, an interesting perspective watching all of my friends freak out and I'm just here chilling. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, well, I mean, I think, you know, I think that the, the, the service that you're providing through your podcast and, uh, and, the, and the message that you're promoting, I mean, I think it, you know, obviously it always has value, but at a time like this, it even has, has more value um, because people are, there is so much anxiety. And so I, yeah. I, I think that it's great that, that we have folks like you out there that are promoting yeah. this calming, soothing stuff because people need it. Especially right now. I mean, what a better time to focus on your wellness than now. I mean, we're all locked in anyway. You can't go outside, so go inside. <laughs> right, right. So in do, have you ever or do you plan to if not like do you do you do any like live classes or live instructions or live you know where you lead meditations or yoga or anything like that with people so i'm not a yoga instructor but i am certified to do reiki and i just that's something that you can only do in person really well that's how mm -hmm. i like to do it and as far as the meditations i did just begin that because of this quarantine. So another silver lining, a lot of people are kind of finding so many different things they can do and contribute to the world now that we're all inside. And I'm sure many of us that were working full time um, are so unfamiliar with this freedom that they're exploring all their uh, creativities and little serendipities that they were never able to take, um, take and sort of work with. And it's really, really nice. So I'm just trying to definitely look at the positives. And I think although there's a lot of bad to come out of this, there is a lot of good that's already in the works. Right, right. Yeah, um, I yeah, I agree with that entirely. And I mean, you know, something that I also have, have advocated is that I really hope, I think that what the other thing that, that this has done is it's exposed a lot of things that, again, and when I say we or us and, and society, I'm referring to the United States. Um, that's I've only ever lived here and don't, don't, don't mean to speak to other, you know, cultures and, and things like that. Cause I, I just frankly don't know. Um, 
but the United States, at least, like there's this constant, there's a constant problem, I would say, where we are, are acting like things are, we take things, certain things really seriously when, when they're not, we, they're not really serious or, or we put something up on a pedestal like, oh, well, this has to be this way. Like, for example, I have, I saw a nurse friend of mine on, on social media post about how, you know, up until now, the, the, the people who regulate hospitals, you know, are upset with them if they have a piece of scotch tape on the wall, right? Like there's all these incredibly strict and Mm -hmm. frankly, kind of ridiculous regulations that they have. Oh, I'm sure. And, and then this hits and now all of a sudden, like, you know, all of that's out the window and because it has to be because it, it, you know, now, now shit's real, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so I'm, I'm hopeful that, that as we come back out of this, that maybe some of the stuff that we've pretended is this serious thing we, we, we let go of or, or stop, stop stressing about because it, a lot of it's just made up. Um, this is a wake up call for so many people. Everything that we were stressing over, you know, you know, the first world problem memes, uh-huh. like all of that's just going to be gone. We're all going to come back. I, I, this is just me being optimistic. I think we're all going to come back and say, wow, that was close. And we're all going to come back with a clean heart, hopefully, and just forgive everyone. Everything. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, 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 I certainly uh, share your sentiment and, and also hope that that's kind of the direction it goes. Um, it, it's so easy to be caught up in, in, you know, there's so much bad news all of the time and so much, really, a, another thing I talk about a lot is just sensationalism, where, you know, people just want to, to basically create drama around things that aren't, that don't deserve that, Um and and I'm hoping that something that's this real, that's affecting literally everybody, um, will will help people move away from from that drama. Um, yeah, absolutely. I, Me too. I mean, you look at the <laughs> this. This might just be a personal bias. <laughs> so, but you know, you look at like I remember when reality TV like came into existence, and I and I remember when it started to get really popular, and I thought well, this, you know, this will be a fad and it will go away, but that was wrong. It has only continued to, to, to just grow exponentially and just on and on and on. But it's so ironic that reality TV is called reality because it's almost all manufactured. It's almost all, all of the conflicts are a producer behind the camera telling people what to say and do. And Hey, this is going on and you need to react in this kind of way to create this scene and, and, and people have gotten confused as to, to, to what the word reality means, because again, they're seeing this manufactured product that is not reality. Um, and I just, I, I think that it, not that reality TV is and of itself the problem. I think it's a product of, you know, what people are wanting, but I'm hoping that when we come back out of this, not that there's no more reality TV at all, but that maybe we, we stop, celebrating and consuming um people fighting with each other over oh man frankly just dumb stuff (laughs) yeah and it's all drama driven and it's not just in reality tv but a lot of the media and a lot of it is at the expense of accuracy and nobody cares it's so sad (laughs) 
I see what you're saying and I do hope the same. Right. A lot of things are romanticized and they shouldn't be. Right, right. Yeah, no, totally, totally agree. Um, so so the podcast that you have is is the weekly Saw with August Lim. And then where where can people find find your podcast? Sure. So it's on Buzzsprout and then uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and all major directories. Okay. And do you have new episodes on a on a schedule or is it just kind of whenever they become available or in truth it's it's weekly. <laughs> Cool. Weekly Wusa. Sometimes I'll do a bonus episode um, in addition to that weekly one, but most of the time it's just the one. It's either a meditation or a wellness discussion. So definitely look forward to that. I have fun with it and people seem to enjoy it. So that's really great. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's awesome. And do you have a website or anything like that that people can, can find you on? Absolutely. So my website's just my name, augustlim.com. And I also create um, exotic cutting boards that are diet friendly. So say you only eat veggies or say you're vegan, I'll make a specific cutting board exactly for your diet. So, you know, if you live with a bunch of carnivores, you don't want to use the same cutting board. I'm here for you. <laughs> and everything else I do is on there as well. August Lynn. Cool. Well, so, so that takes me in a different direction then. So, um, <laughs> can you, I mean, so I, I'm guessing then that you're that you're also paying attention heavily to to diet. Is that correct? Oh yeah, everything about health is conscious consumption, man. Like it's all conscious consumption. And I'm not saying to like really pay attention to what you eat because it doesn't stop at your diet. It has it has to do with what you watch and what you use and everything on a daily basis. You know, so all of that definitely impacts your aura and your energy as you live day to day. So it's very, very important to just make sure you're doing, you're doing things mindfully, meaning you know what you're consuming and you're happy with it. Right. Right. Well, that is awesome. Um, well, August, I, I really appreciate you coming on the walk show today and, and sharing your message and, uh, and your expertise. And I, I cannot stress enough for, for people to go and, and check out your podcast and check out the discussions you're having as well as the, the meditations, because I think that, like I said before, there's a lot of value there. And um, I think that especially in times like this, it's the kind of stuff that people need to look to. So, so thank you for, for putting that stuff out in the world because it's all, it's all good energy that we need. I'm happy to help. <laughs> Business hands changed Another runs for gold. Ghost downs buried under dirt and Windows broken, stories untold. Job and memories drift in the wind. Over signs dying in the ground. Mothers, fathers, and lifelong friends become layers of the mountains. Castles came crashing down Stone by stone they fell to the ground Brick and mortar eaten by earth again Their baby letters drifting into 
Families fled to the open plains Hard in hands of dirt and stone Under the sun a turning gray A fire and I weaved in the bone A brick by brick they built their home Walk those halls. Now the roof crumbles under the sky. The staircase came crashing down. Step by step they fell to the ground. No way to reach the top floor again. It's a paper ladder drifting into. that is going to do it for the show today folks thank you so much to august Lim for stopping by and, and joining the show and thank you as always to misha zarens for providing the music and of course thank you listener for listening to the episode as always you can find me on social media instagram facebook uh, twitter you can find the website the walk show podcast.com uh, or you can always email me at walker at the walk show podcast.com i'd be more than happy to answer any questions concerns uh discuss ideas whatever Whatever you want to throw at me, I'd be interested to, to engage with you on that. Uh, as always, I appreciate everyone coming back to the show again and again. We've continued to grow our audience and continued to, to grow uh, even the countries that we listen in, or, or listen to in. I also want to shout out my other podcast, Pick Up Your Sticks, which is co-hosted by Brett Lindley and myself. Pick Up Your Sticks is similar to The Walk Show in that it's long-form conversations uh, where we try and have just yeah, thoughtful thoughtful discussions about about uh, video games so unlike the walk show which covers you know just about everything pick up your sticks is exclusively about video games um, so if you like games then we, we highly recommend that you check it out as i think you would like it and pick up your sticks can be found everywhere that you find the walk show again thanks for listening have a great week stay up <laughs>